Blessings. It's your sis Ron from Pew Babies. It's been a while, but one thing we wanted to focus on in 2022 was consistency. And we didn't want to post anything until we could become consistent. With that being said, we have at least five new episodes ready for you guys. We'll be dropping these episodes once a week, every week on Saturday mornings. Thank you guys for supporting us and listening to us. And we hope that you find this podcast entertaining, but also uplifting. Um, Love somebody, you guys, and have a blessed week. Compliments are praise for what you do. And encouragement is challenged for who you could be. Welcome back to Pew Babies, your apostolic millennial podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Church Clat. And I'm Mike, the apostle to the food. And if anybody asks you, what's the matter with me? Just tell them I'm saved. Sanctified. I'm baptized. And I got Jesus on my mind. Oh, my side. Oh, my side. Oh, okay, all right. I don't know how everybody sings stuff. I don't know. No, it, is, it, is, it is. I got Jesus on my side. Running. Stay running for your life. That's what that pastor said, Mike. He said, run. Run. <laughs> Amen. Before we jump into a new episode, I do have an icebreaker for you guys. Um, We've been doing, I got a testimony. And so we've been taking songs, scriptures, anything that has a testimony. I want y'all to guess the source of the testimony. Um, So here it is. Been in church all my life. Sometimes all I find is strife. Thought I'd have friends to the end. Sometimes alone is all I've been. Tears I've cried night and day, but God has always made a way because he loves me and I love him too. Oh, um, oh I know this one. <laughs> what is I it, Mike? I love him so and I'm yeah, never let you go. Okay. Um, who's that? That sounds a black name. Okay. Um, no. no, I didn't know who it was either, I'm going to be honest. Joshua Truth? No, it's Rodney Bryant. Yeah, sure is. Sure yeah, is. Rodney Bryant and the CCMC. Yes, it's called a testimony. Mm-hmm. That was so. And funny. I have that album too, and I didn't. Why well, I didn't know that? What well, I, I skipped that song? But oh, because I got to get to we all. We got I like the song, but we used to play it on radio all the time. But I forgot. Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was songs of blackness, but I I just be trying to get to we all for praise, and he's a keeper. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. 90s gospel, gotta love it. So the next song, oops, not, well, I guess I gave y'all a hint song. Now it's so easy to make my money the wrong way and have all the girls say, hey, but I try and go that way. So every day I pray, Lord, keep me so I won't lose sight. The devil is always putting up a fight because he knows that I'm trying to live right. Pray my strength in the Lord. <laughs> Is that Canton Jones? I'm going to do the first line again, okay? Now it's so easy to make my money the wrong way. Oh, that's Ty Trippett. 
Now it's so easy <laughs> to make my money the wrong way. What <laughs> album is this off of? Life. 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 Is it life? life? Yeah. Oh, is it I'll stand out? I don't. Yeah, it's it life. is from the life album. You're right. Hey. The song is called Struggle. Struggle. Oh, okay. Struggle, so fantastic. Okay, I remember now. I hated the women's part. Ty is so easy. The dress up and I look real nice. <laughs> real nice. Somebody posted on Facebook yesterday telling us something. We really lived through the Ty Tribute era, 2004 to 2002. Yes, <laughs> I loved it. I still love it. Yeah, no, he like completely changed gospel music for the better. He did. He did the second curve. Fell off the mat. He's down in in Florida, pastoring. Bless his heart. Uh, okay, okay, that's what happens. They become bishops after a while. Uh, that was our testimony service. Uh, please pray our strength in the Lord. Mike, do you have anything for us this week? Um, you know, I just want to do this segment called "In the Word of God." I've got a hiding place. And I just want y'all to real briefly, quickly, just give us something that has blessed your life, blessed your soul that you've heard since we last talked. Don't have to be from this week, but since we last talked, be brief, quick, something that has just really sat with your spirit. I don't know. There's so much. I'll just say what, what I guess our church is talking about now. We're talking about holiness. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that that is important here in 2022. Making sure you are set apart and you stand out. And how you carry yourself, your actions, your circles, etc. And our service on Sunday, it was preached, don't forget your fire. And it was about how uh, there are certain things in the scriptures God wants us to remember and certain things he wants us to forget. Isaiah 43, read that. But the only thing you don't need to forget is your fire. Mike? Yes. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. First, giving on to God who's the head of my life. so uh word that really blessed me this week i had the opportunity uh, i went to a youth conference on saturday Um, i I saw ron there looking oh so lovely um (laughs) but uh no we went and um shout out to bishop reginald davis preached a really good word on saturday run for your life and um, talking about how a lot about Lot's wife and how she looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. But you know, he said some really key things in that message. So many gems. I'm only gonna give you a few. Uh, one of the things that you know he talked about. Sometimes we have to to pay naturally for things that God has forgiven us for. He used the analogy about how God can deliver you from fornication, but He won't deliver you from those child support charges. And so, um, and, and there's a lot of things we can apply to, like the Lord can deliver you from gluttony, talking to me, but you know, he can't deliver you from, you know, you know, having to pay to go to the gym and all this other stuff because, you know, we've made some some poor choices, but also to just run for run for your life by like certain things. You know, we don't really look back at our past and the things that God has delivered us from because what we don't want to do is get to a place where we become reprobate, where we start to convince ourselves and justify, you know, living in sin while still trying to serve God. You, the two just can't coexist. And that was the thing that um, really stuck out to me. Sad. It was a great word. So many other things. If you have a chance, please go listen to the message. Really good. Um, then Sunday came back to church Sunday and our pastor preached, take care of yourself. Uh, and we're preaching about taking care of the body, how God wants uh, total greatness for the whole man, mental health, physical health, um, emotional health, spiritual health. So it was a really good message, just taking care of the temple that God has given us. 
And yes, so that was our segment of In the Word of God, We Have a Hiding Place. Amen, amen. I love that. Yes, sir. And he said, the devil's not trying to make us backsliders anymore. He's trying to make us reprobates. And that sat with me. Yeah. I'm like, woof. That hit hard. That hit hard. Yeah, I had a time in that seat. <laughs> you had to sit with it for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, Clap. Do we have any church announcements? Yes, we do. So apparently, I'm going to keep it short, but uh, Black pastors say that they're overwhelmed with people coming to them for mental health care. So currently, we know that the Black church is starting to delve into mental health. Right now, they're trying to say that in order for you to get that, you need approval from your pastors. A lot of pastors, they are the first responders to mental health issues and um they try to like decipher mental health but they're saying that it's just too much because they really need i don't know what they're trying to say to be honest (laughs) but they're just finding the rise of people seeking out especially in black churches trying to seek out their own like issues and there's not enough support and clergy which i think that um Personally, they should just leave it up to health professionals to deal with it instead of them trying to be mental health experts. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, it's something that they can't handle, especially all aspects of it. Like mental health goes beyond just like somebody feeling depressed or we still we have like people actually having episodes now where they act out of character or they can't control their feelings or there's a lot of things, especially with the pandemic. Like, I think people have to look at mental health in a different way um, because people really came to terms with their mind in a way that they hadn't had to before their time, their life, their value. So yeah, let's leave it to professionals and just pray. I think that's the pastor's role in that instance is just to pray and give as much counseling as they can, but send them to a doctor. And that's their therapist. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, I think that, you know, do what you can um, within your scope of expertise, especially if you're a pastor that has been licensed in pastoral counseling or anything of that nature. But, you know, once it goes beyond your scope of expertise, you know, I think it's best to use wisdom in referring that uh, parishioner to a professional that can really, um, you know, delve deeper into what they have going on. Um, I think for so long, you know, a lot of pastors, and, and we've seen the effects of this, you know, throughout many decades where, you know, the pastor has been the, has played the therapist, whatever, but if the, you know, if they weren't really necessarily trained in the area of mental health and they were only giving them, you know, what they knew, you know, I think a lot of times this has led to a, and I, I, we don't discount, you know, spiritual wisdom and stuff and what, what God has given you at all. But I think sometimes when you're talking about mental health and stuff like that, we're giving them the, you just need to go pray. You just need to, you know, fast more and things like that. And we've breeded a generation of people that don't know how to express emotions, that don't know how to communicate with people, that don't know how to express feelings that, you know, hold stuff in. And I actually know somebody that that happened, know of someone that it happened to where um, this lady, she was in a church and they kept telling her, don't cry. She lost her husband kept telling her, don't cry. Don't you cry. You don't need to cry. And she held all that stuff in and it killed her. Mm. You know, you have to be ever so careful that you don't give people the wrong advice and know when it's time to 
pass the baton. Yeah, I'm still on the fence. Clap is officially still on the fence when it comes to mental health and mental, like, therapists and stuff in the church. I just hope that they just go to a Christian one if you can. That's just my opinion. And then some stuff is just spiritual stuff. Some things just need to be cast out. But anyway. That could be a piece of it, too. Yeah. Are the pastors able to fight the demons? That's probably why y'all discernment not there. Like, maybe y'all need to fast. But anyway, that's another topic for another day. All right. So, apparently, gospel singer Kiara Sheard is getting dragged on social media after she tells... Page six in an interview that when her girlfriends come to visit, she makes them stay at a hotel so that her husband is attempted to have sex with him. So she said, my mama has already told me don't have too many people around your house. I don't care how good you trust them or whatever it is. I'm very mindful and careful. I would buy a friend a hotel room before I let them stay at my house, she told us. Sheard married uh, the landscaper Jordan Kelly on December 12, 2020 in their hometown of Detroit. She says, am I supposed to let them into my home? Because we as believers, we believe that what we have, we're supposed to share with others, but I'm not sharing my man, she told us. Since I'm not sharing my man, I have to be cautious with everything else that I share as far as with him being there too i think it's such a thing as boundaries some friends don't know that balance and can't understand the balance she added what what, what do y'all think about what she's saying here do you agree would you do this in your marriage i'm sorry but it's given insecurity and mistrust okay can we back up first off my friends technically if you marry not gonna stay at my house anyway like why wouldn't they want to get a hotel Ugh. why would they want to be yeah i don't want to be up in that I mean, area she probably got yeah, a really that's... nice house or whatever it's probably big enough to have a lot of people in there but like if i was a friend i wouldn't want to be at your house anyway because that's Ew. Yeah. Don't eat on the, on the kitchen tables because <laughs> you don't know okay. what happened on those tables. Gosh, now we got to put ratings on our stuff. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. I don't know what y'all be doing. So I'm not, I don't even want to sit on your couch. But exactly. I don't want to be in your personal space. And I need my own personal space too. Like I'm not trying to be in y'all. So that's one. And yeah. like for that to be the sole reason why you're asking your friends to stay at a hotel doesn't make any sense to me. Also, if you're afraid that your friend's going to sleep with your husband then okay it's like because what is that about now don't get me wrong there are some women out there that like to prey on people that they know is in a relationship they like to ruin happy homes but if they're your real friend you don't gotta do all of that it's too much and your husband right your husband should be <laughs> why we got why did they say he was a landscaper that was so incorrect <laughs> they could have left his profession out of it they didn't have to do that <laughs> they downplayed the homie though he got a job he's an owner of his landscaping company like he's a ceo he out here doing what he's supposed to do sorry go ahead but go ahead mike his his mouth is ready (laughs) i can respect the boundaries part you know i think i think you do have to set healthy boundaries in, in certain situations in our life but her opinion is her opinion however you know what you, I have to agree with what Ron said. If you can't, you know, if you have to have that kind of 
you know, wall up with your friends, you definitely new, need new friends. If your friends, you know, make you feel that, you know, when they come over, they have to, you have to get, you give them a hotel room or something like that, then, you know, you need a new set of friends because what friends really do, they make you feel secure in that friendship and they make you feel secure in whatever it is you have going on, you know? And so even though this is a woman's perspective, you know, for me, it's still... I don't know. It, it it does scream a little bit of insecure. And I, I kind of see where she's coming from a little bit where, you know, I, I don't agree you should have everybody in your house. But that reason should be because people carry spirit, spirits. I don't invite everybody to, to a place that I live in. Like, you know, um, just because I don't know your spirit, I don't want that in my house. But, you know, at the same time for you to say, oh, no, you know, I'm, I'm putting my, my friends up in the hole. I'm scared somebody's going to take my man. Well, you know, at some point, when are you going to hold your man accountable? You know, when are you going to, you know, set the bar a little bit higher for men? And and me as a man, the bar is 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 low. The bar is on the ground for a lot of things because you know of things just like this. You know, like why aren't you holding him accountable? If that man really loves you. He's not going to put you in a situation where you to go and hide your friends, hide your wife, hide your mama. All of them. He's not gonna put you in that situation. He's not. Right. He's not even gonna make you feel like he's gonna put you in that situation. But since you've you've been in some close calls before, you ain't told us about it. But you've been in some close calls before. You've seen him looking at something else uh, that 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 you felt like might have been more appetizing, which is what made you make that statement. You know, or make you feel that stronger. And if that is, that's okay. You do what works for your household. I just think on a grand on a grand scale of things, you have to be real careful, you know, whatever, because that'll always be the case. Like, and, and I know of people like that, very, you know, insecure. No, because it's somebody being a first of all, don't nobody want your man. I'm not talking even talking about, I'm just talking about people that feel like her in general. Most times don't nobody even want your man. Nobody want that. So, you know, it's just at the end of the day, like, you know, come on, we think we have to be a little bit more careful about, you know, saying that. Like I said, I respect boundaries and that's what you gotta do for a household. By all means, sis, do that. But you also might want to inspect what you expect. So you might want to inspect the kind of friends you got in your circle that make you feel that you have to make those kind of decisions. You might want to inspect who inspect who you're married to that makes that make you feel like you need to make those kind of decisions. So anyway. Yeah, that's a little bit too much. I ain't having no high blood pressure. Like you ain't killing me. Okay. Just we married, we should trust each other. Mm-hmm. Now give me all your passwords. No, not the password. You have all my passwords. <laughs> no, why anything should be locked? Nothing should be locked. Come on, Ron. If he all on his, just talked about he, trust. No, that, that's 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 what trust is. He would give you all his passwords. He gonna like you but know you what? I don't gotta care. use them. That's the reverse trust in the trust. First of all, I it shouldn't even be locked. He'd be like, look, there's all my stuff. Whatever you can, whatever I can look in it. Like nothing's locked. Like, why, you can why look in it, but you don't have like, to look in it because I it, don't have to look in it because I know that he is not doing nothing he has he shouldn't be doing. Or if he knows that something is like his strong his weakness, like take your eye out, pluck it out. If social media is your weakness and DMs, pluck it out. You ain't gonna be on no social media. Ron gonna be having us at hotels. All right. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Well, that's something I gotta talk about with my spouse. If they okay with y'all staying over, then that's fine. I ain't staying over. That's weird. Mike, you gonna have you gonna have your friends hanging out with your wife and you at your house? 
I mean, as long as it's okay with, with her. But like I said, I'm not going to marry anybody that's that insecure about stuff like that anyway. Like, cause I'm gonna know that from the jump. And and I've been in spaces like that before where, you know, people feel a little bit more, feel a little bit insecure about like your friends and stuff like that. That doesn't necessarily work for me because I don't have a lot of friends anyway. Um, but that just doesn't work. You know, it's one thing, you know, if there's like a constant, like I'm out there always over there, but you know, a friend coming from out of town and maybe because I grew up in a household where my parents entertained all the time or with yeah. nothing for, right. you know, family and friends to come into town and they open up their home and let them stay there. Whatever. My mom not never once felt insecure about, you know, anything. My dad never felt one, never once felt insecure about anybody being there. They had that level of trust. And I, and I think to a degree, social media has ruined has ruined that quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, you don't know, you don't know what Kiara Sheard has seen the behind closed doors, you know, in her own home. You know, we only go by what we see up close, but we don't know what she might have seen, what, you know, what she might have experienced, whatever. If there has been some, oh, by the ways, you know, growing up that has made her feel the way she do. So that's why I do respect what she has to say in regards to that. But, you know, I don't know that, you know, I can totally Stand with it. So all I know is don't trust me. So I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I just want to say something because I gotta transcend. I gotta trans trans. How do I say this? Transition. Transition. <laughs> I'm tired. It's <laughs> like we're not transgender and transition. No, no, not the trans. That's not what they. You can't call them that. I think they get offended. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, moving on. <laughs> All right, Christian hip hop artist Gavi, who I listen to, got dropped by Reach Records after allegation of unsolicited, explicit photos. Apparently, Gavi is getting a divorce and all of this, and Reach Records, which Lecrae is the head of, said due to the behavior that is inconsistent with our core values, we have made our um, choice uh, and made a tough decision. Uh, to let Gavi go due to the level of complexity that has come up with these pictures. And because we uh, invest in our artists, not just for their talent, but also as brothers and sisters in Christ, this is something we have been processing for over a year. New details will be provided, but so far he has been dropped off the Unashamed tour, which is currently happening on like the Midwest. So... I need to know what pictures. What's going on? He was sending some pictures of his genitalia, so on the road. So, and he was married. So they was like, "Oh nah, you don't align with our Christian label values. So we're gonna have to let you go, bruh. Go heal in Jesus' name." Yep, I respect that. Definitely respect it. I like what is up with everybody getting a divorce? We got Megan Good and her husband, Pastor Husband, Megan getting divorced, and um, Denise from the Huxtables. She getting divorced with from Mimosa, Jason Momoa, Mimosa. Didn't they just get married? They've been together for a long time. Oh, never mind then. Mm-hmm. Someone else getting divorced. I think like TD Jakes, one of his daughters getting a divorce. Yeah. And then court, no, the other one. No, oh, okay. no, she already had a divorce. This is her second marriage. Remember, Sarah's on her second marriage. She's gonna make this one work. Oh, uh, I didn't. But know. um, yeah, all that talking she has done on my social media, she better make that one work. Oop. Yeah. Oh, so 
Dang. <laughs> so that's that. But yeah, her sister's getting divorced from her husband. That's on here too. Mm. So we'll be praying. Yeah, like I what are the Saints bored? Like, why are we doing this? You got a spouse. Why are you sending pictures? That's the thing. There's no accountability. I think men, it's hard to find. Okay, so men in the church, real men, I'm talking about real men who are actually following and chasing the deeper things of Christ. They're like slim to none. So like the ratio. Unicorn. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to not give them an excuse, but like they need that accountability. And if you have a good pastor, he's going to hold you accountable. If you're an artist, a music artist, first of all, that that profession is not in the Bible. So it's risks <laughs> to going on the road, having roadies and groupies. And I mean, it happens in the, in the Christian room. We know that. So mm-hmm. people were throwing their underwear up on the stage when the winings would perform, like since in the 1990s, this isn't something that's new. Not the wine. You need, you know, you need to have some type of accountability while on the road. Like, come on. So I'm glad that they dropped them. Cause that's accountability. Like you need to go back to your family. But then he also had a lot of stuff going on. Cause I researched him and he had to get over his parents' divorce who were, they were in the church and he was like, he went out into the world and couldn't process it. So the curse continues. Mm. Pray that it stops. Yeah. Just like the devil bringing discord. Yes. Lord. And that's, that concludes the church announcements, unless Mike want to add on to that. Yeah, I mean, agree with you. I said, uh, just I respect the the record label for holding him accountable and upholding their brand, um, and saying, hey, like this is misrepresentation of our brand. So because the the, the deal is, somebody had found out, you know, they had kept him around, and he was sending nude photos and stuff like that to other people. That would tarnish, you know, the brand or whatever. And, you know, people already find excuses not to believe anyway or not to, you know, this would have been just the further pushing this narrative of, oh, see, I knew that, you know, Christian and church folks was all the same. Um, and you have to be careful in the age of technology that we live in where screenshot is real. and You know, people can send stuff, screen record and stuff like that. You really, really have to be extra careful about things. Like, first of all, as a married man, you shouldn't have been sending that out anyway. You know, even if you have problems mm-hmm. going on your marriage or anything, you shouldn't have been sending that out. That's just what it with is. Um, with children, you know, you shouldn't, have, you should not have been sending sending that out. But it goes back to this: people don't, you know, think before they take action. You know, it's always an afterthought. Oh, I shouldn't have done that, or. Now this is kind of bite me in the butt, whatever. And a lot of times, like, that should have been a thought before, but it should have been because you were signed to this Christian label. Obviously, you're singing Christian music. It should have been, would God be pleased with this action right now? You know, so is this is this worth my testimony? Is this worth my walk? Is this is this worth, you know, what I've been singing and stuff going down the drain? So, you know, best of luck to him. Um I'm sure he'll get that figured out. So yeah, I just pray for his deliverance. Yeah, I think a lot of people not realizing that the sheet can come off at any time, and things can be exposed. What's done in the dark? Because I'm sure he wasn't expecting those whatever he did to leak to anybody. That doesn't make it okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. But we'll pray. Amen. Um, since we're catching up this week and we haven't been here for a while. Do we want to talk about Mike Todd or do are y'all done with that? Hmm. We want to talk about the actions. Do we want to talk about the apology? 
<laughs> we all of it was trash, okay? All of it was trash. I'll let Mike speak. First of all, we are in a Panasonic. In a Panasonic pandemic. COVID-19 is real. Marvion is still walking around here. Dancing. Taking people down one by one. You know, it's just, it's not a matter of who, it's a matter of when. And you sit up there and had nerve to hop. I don't care if that was your brother. I don't care who it was. It could have been your child up there. For you to hawk and put it on that man's face for as a demonstration, bro, you are nasty. You're the nastiest kind. And that apology, you could have kept it. You could have kept it with those, like you could have kept those veneers in your mouth. You could have kept that apology. You could have kept it because I didn't believe it. You didn't even believe it because it was filled with your ego. And, you know, I'm sorry. I got to say this. You know, that's what we get for following these leaders, you know, on stage that preach these these gospel filled with heresy and all the other stuff. You know, first of all, I don't subscribe to Mike Todd. I don't. You know, I really don't. Uh, I saw right through him from the jump. People were reposting him a while back. This is not the first time he's danced on Problematic, but because this is y'all's fave, he went this far this time. He went this far this time. Y'all, some of y'all still was trying to justify him putting spit on his face. I saw a prominent preacher post, I'm not going to call his name, but I was that with what he posted, talking about some now, uh, uh, y'all sit up here he done this, but y'all ain't talking about how he donated money to y'all's churches. I don't care if he had donated a million dollars. That does not make this right. And to the person that said that, you re- literally could have closed your mouth. You re- literally could have shut up in that moment and not open your phone or open Facebook to put that kind of status up there. You literally could have set this one out. But y'all wanted to defend this man because he's, he's, he's donated money to y'all's churches things of that nature. No, hold him accountable. Hold him accountable or not say nothing at all. But all these people that have passive aggressive things to say about, you know, oh, well, you know, it could have been worse. He was, this is what he did. His brother agreed to, I do not care. I don't care at all. It was nasty. You know, I shouldn't, you know, we were able to see that nasty shit on that man's face. It was humiliating. And you know, I, I think that he should be taken off social media. I think that he should be, you know, not allowed, you know, to pre- who who's his pastor? You know, that he should be set down for a few months to think about his actions. Okay. And maybe next time, you know, he'll think before he acts. Mike, but he said God gave him this idea. God did not give you that idea. God didn't give you that idea. Not even biblically accurate. That's not even biblically accurate. Exactly. And I'm all, first of all, I don't like when people use illustrations when they're preaching anyway. I'm sorry. I just rather you stand behind the podium and preach the straight word of God. But if you got to give an illustration, it should not take you hawking spit out of your mouth. I mean, you hawked that. You didn't lick your hand. You didn't, you know, you hawked that up. That could have been COVID sitting in your body. You know, that you can <laughs> on this man's face. Now we got a new variant running out here that you originated. A new, a Mike Todd. Name the next variant after Mike Todd. No, it got to be Lil Fizz. Just name the next variant after him because this is how we're spreading it. This was a no for me. Mike Todd, you know you were wrong. 
you knew you were wrong when you before you could hawk it out your mouth, you knew that you were wrong. You know, before you even thought about what you was gonna do, you knew that you was wrong, but you did it anyway. You did it anyway. You didn't care what we were gonna say. You did it anyway. That looking that look in, in in that picture says that you know you messed up. As soon as you looked in the camera and did that, you know you have messed up then. And I want you to think about your actions. And to those of you defending him, you know, amen to you, whatever. But you think about next time your pastor's up there preaching and they hawk and put that on your face, how would you feel? We're laying in the hospital room with COVID and you're running tubes in your mouth and we're just saying goodbye to you on FaceTime. You think about that, pop that spit on their face. Think about it. Why you sound like an angry deacon? <laughs> like one of those beings after church. <laughs> Larry. Yeah, I was through when he started mixing it in his hand. That was enough yeah. for me. I'm like, why are you mixing your spit? But I'm gonna let nah, Mike have that. That's why I say I I'll let him speak. Eli, amen. I'm just so be it to that. My lord. All right. So um our topic for this week is encouragement versus compliments. So what I wanted us to discuss is basically encouragement and compliments in the church and whether they're necessary and just some background context for why we're even talking about this. So um, there's a cultural thing that we have in our churches, particularly Black churches. And it's not just Black churches, Black people. Well, people are doing things that we enjoy, we react to it. We say, I'm going to hit you with a shoe. I'm going to throw a chair at you. I'm a, they say all kinds of things. There's a lot of reactions. Um, you better preach, pastor. Some saints go up, they leave you an offer while you're preaching and put it on the altar. Um, there's all kinds of reactions that we see. And some of them to the point where I felt like it's absurd. Why are we doing this? Like, it's taken away from this person who's speaking. Like, why are you being so extra? That was my thought. And then I was in a church service that literally had everybody just sit there and stare at the preacher. And I was like, huh. Somebody got to clap. Somebody got to stand up something because, like, they're saying something good. And why aren't we getting with them? So I was kind of caught between the two because there's this extra culture to me and then there's this more open culture but we'll go we're going to get to that that's just the foundation of where we're coming from but first i want to start off with what is encouragement encouragement well it's a way of condoning like or uplifting a person i don't know <laughs> but i know that encouragement is basically encouraging someone um towards wherever God is leading them to go. And sometimes even when God is not even in it. <laughs> so, I mean, cause that happens too. Yeah. It's just someone who's is like being a support or playing a supporting role in their, in another person's destiny journey or um, path. No, I think I agree. Definitely agree with what you said. To me, encouragement is more so motivating is positive reinforcement, whether it's to someone or something, a pre-approval of sorts. Um, Mm -hmm. When you say, you know, I would encourage you to, uh, it could be more of a pre-approval or more of a stamp of approval, 
um, of some sort. Yeah, so I looked it up and encouragement means to give support, confidence or hope to someone. So that was on track. Um, so my next question for you guys, is encouragement necessary? Yes, it is very necessary, especially in the church or in any setting. Like, I mean, you even see encouragement in the Bible where you have Elijah and Elisha. You see encouragement, but in different ways. I'm not trying to get impartation mixed up with encouragement. But um, there there was a lot of instances where even Jesus, during his healings, he would encourage or even instruct people to have faith in certain areas. So he would basically give people what they need, especially Peter. Paul did it with his letters, like to Timothy, all of that, and his disciples that were under him. So, I mean, it's important and it's vital to someone's success or destiny. Because without it, we won't know what to do sometimes. We won't know where to go. Like Mike was saying earlier, the pre-approval, like that happens when, you know, sometimes you don't even know what's the next step or what you should do next or how to cultivate whatever's in you. Yeah, I think encouragement is necessary in all that we do, uh, especially within the kingdom of God. Because we sometimes like, don't have the capacity to encourage ourselves. And, you know, but when you hear it or, or sometimes we can encourage ourselves and it doesn't feel like enough encouragement. But when you hear it from someone else, especially from like someone that has a little bit more of a tenure in this uh, spiritual race that we're in, or um, it feels good to hear the encouragement, you know, like, oh, you know, I, I, you keep going now, baby, or, you know, you keep on pushing, you keep on singing, Ron, I enjoyed you today, you keep on singing, you keep letting the Lord use you, um, so a lot of times you need that push, because, you know, it does get weary and it gets lonely and sometimes you know you can feel that you know I'm doing too much or I'm not doing enough or this is not for me and sometimes you need someone that can see you further than you see yourself sometimes other people see us better than we see ourselves um and even just in the natural like I supervise a team at work and I'm constantly encouraging like you guys can do this you guys can meet the goal for the month you guys can you know you know I believe in you all like um you know it just you like that positive reinforcement so that people don't perform under fear. People don't perform under pressure, but people feel free to use their gifts and use the things that God has blessed them with in order to either if they're doing it, you know, for God to better the kingdom or if they're doing it, you know, in secular spaces to better them, to better themselves and better their communities and things around them. So. Yeah, like I think the Bible is filled with places of people being encouraged. If you're looking to do a Bible study or something like that, or look deeper in the scripture, they call uh, Barnabas the son of encouragement because he definitely went to all the churches and was encouraging people to um, stay strong in the Lord. I think of like, wait on the Lord to be of good courage. So he will strengthen the heart. Um, just so many scriptures, like I would have fainted unless I would have seen the goodness of the Lord. That's an encouraging scripture. Like, you know, hold on, stay steadfast. Um, even Joshua, um, being spoken to by Moses, um, and God saying that he's going to be with Joshua when, um, Moses moved on. Um, there's plenty of times where encouragement is necessary. And like y'all said, just having that support and having somebody, showing that you can do it is important. Have you ever been in a place when you weren't encouraged? I have 
been in that place, you know, where, you know, I didn't feel encouraged. Like even just recently um, with my own like business that I have, like I was having a conversation with a friend and they didn't even really know that I was feeling like discouraged because, you know, just some things really weren't lining up the way I was wanting them to. And they just said to me, Michael, like, you know, got this. I don't think you give yourself enough credit. People love your work. People love what you do. Um, you're not putting yourself out there enough, whatever, you, you know, but I think this is the year that you really need to make a decision about where you're going to go with your brand. And even though that's not really a spiritual, you know, it's not anything spiritual, still like, you know, sometimes you need that encouragement, you know, to continue to go off, especially when, when God has blessed you with something you asked God for, it. you know, this was something to be transparent. I asked God for, you know, and, and, God opened the door to bless me with this. And so I would be a fool. I'd be remiss if I did not, you know, take the things that God had given me and discourage myself out of my own blessing or out of my own purpose here on earth. So I think, you know, I have, you know, been in a place where I've recently where I haven't felt discouraged, but, you know, when you're doing something for, for God, God have given you something, given you a vision, given you purpose, he'll send someone your way to send you encouragement so that you don't, you know, give up. And it's always right on time. It's always right on time. It's always, you know, when you least expect it, but it's always right on time, something that you need to hear. Yeah. Sometimes like you suffer from what's called like imposter syndrome. I think people feel that way in the church too. Like, you know, you don't feel ready. You don't feel confident. You got the skills, but you're not sure. Sometimes you just wonder like, am I supposed to be here? Everybody's so great. Everybody's doing so well. Everybody looks good. Sounds good. Do I belong? And like, I felt that a lot at work and I wasn't getting any reinforcement from my superiors. It was kind of like, here's more work. And nobody was kind of giving me that feedback that I wanted. Like, and it kind of feels like I keep putting myself out here, putting myself out here. And instead of getting any type of reinforcement, you're not telling me if I'm good. You're not telling me if I'm bad. You just keep giving me more work. And like, it was like a struggle for me. Cause I was just like, you know, like I'm used to something. And I had to like sit down and like talk to them and be like, you know, from time to time, I want to get feedback, whether it's good or bad. Like the feedback will at least let me know where I line up and how I fall. And if I'm doing well, if there's something I can improve, like I need that to just something to tell me that I'm here (laughs) or or that I belong here. Same. Like there are times when um, I do, I would get like discouraged or whatever, but at times I know that, you know, I didn't realize how much like affirmation comes from encouragement and how it, like I said earlier, it kind of helps you, um, like you said, gauge like where you are in things. And I know that the Bible, it does talk about, you know, honoring people. And I think that like the series you talked about love, honor, I think is un- underrated because it's there for a reason. And it's so important that we do like honor one another um then when you honor someone you're like you're recognizing basically what they've done all they have done and their accomplishments and who they are and what it has brought them to be as a person so that's just my take yeah so is lack of encouragement a discouragement like I was telling you guys for example I wasn't getting any feedback it it impacted me it kind of made me feel insecure but is discouragement something else? Is discouragement like negativity or is it just? Yes. Okay. I mean, it's just the opposite of being encouraged. So that's how I look at it as. And the lack of encouragement is discouragement. 
um, because that's I think it's kind of that, you know, that balance one without the other sort of thing. Um, and it does take a toll of you. It does make you, like you said, insecure, care, care shared. We putting up, you know, putting people out in hotels because we, <laughs> <laughs> instead of bringing them closer, embracing the affirmations, embracing the encouragement, or like, you know, we're seeking for that, like, acknowledgement. Now, that can be something, because I don't know, if this is a slippery slope. Mm. as far as like because it's like you can seek maybe our like do we get to the point where we're seeking where we're getting all of the encouragement but we don't hear it or we're not hearing the encouragement that we want to hear right it draws us to another place and into another whole that's a whole another segment but mike what you about to say um no i i agree with those things and the question again was is lack of encouragement discouragement I, I believe it is. Um, even for me, um, and I can only speak for me personally, just some things I've been through. I've been in my job going on six months and I've been, um, I've had a team for four months that, that works under me. And so I've been, you know, number one supervisor in my line of business for the past two, three months. Um, and so, but it's always, you know, I don't I don't really hear a lot of encouragement. Um, I don't really hear a lot of like you did really well, um, you know, because I, I like to hear those in jobs only because I've been triggered before where I didn't hear those in jobs before. And, you know, come to find out, I you know, wasn't doing as great as I thought I was, but nobody was really coaching me to, you know, help me understand where I could improve. Um, and so for me, it's, it's, it's triggering because you know, I'm doing well. The the numbers are there. I'm I'm performing well, you know, with my team. You know, I'm performing well and, and I'm getting, you know, number one, number one supervisor in the building almost. But when it still comes down to, you know, hearing those things from people that are supposed to be mentors to me or, you know, someone that's supposed to be like my direct supervisor and not really hearing a lot of positive reinforcement it kind of makes you second guess and you do start to feel that imposter syndrome. Like, am I doing this? Is it off just based on sheer luck? Am I just lucky to this? Or am I just, you know, is it just, you know, happened to be where, you know, they, they're doing well, it's not anything you've really done, whatever. That's what it starts to feel like. And when you feels like that too many times for me, I start to shut down a little bit and I start to become, you know, second guess myself and, you know, start to become like, because we all know, and I'm sure you guys have been in spaces where when you get that encouragement, especially from a higher up or from someone that's supposed to be in a place of mentorship, it gives you extra fuel and an extra boost to be like, you know what? Like, let me continue doing what I'm doing. Let me continue to see how I can even step it up even more. But when you don't hear that and you see, you know, bad behaviors recognized and praised or you see, you know, uh, uh, people that do less, you know, always you know, praise for what they do or giving, you know, all of these accolades, but you're working your behind off, you have a heart for the people and you don't get those things. It makes you second guess, like, am I in the right place? Am I in the right position? You know, what am I really doing? So I think lack of encouragement is probably worse than discouragement because at least if you discourage someone, people know what to work on. They are in the know about what they need to work on. If I tell you right now, like, 
you know, Ron, you know, you really need to work on these Zoom backgrounds. I mean, they are just horrible. At least you know, okay, I need to work on these Zoom backgrounds. He I'll told me in a harsh way, but he needs to step up. But for me not to say nothing at all, you know, and it leaves you guessing, leaves you wondering. That's That to me is, uh, is worse than discouragement, lack of encouragement, especially when you can recognize you're doing a good job. I recognize you're doing a good job or I recognize that, you know, you the potential in you, but I refuse to give you that recognition. And it goes back to something Clap was saying earlier. It goes back to sometimes people are so insecure. This is in church. This is in workspaces and things like that, that they will you know, not say nothing before they encourage you, before they give you props or anything like that. And I think those are some things that we kind of just going to have to work through for the rest of our lives because it's not going to get better. You know, it's just going to be what it is because people are still going to be human. That's part of human nature is to feel insecure, you know, when people feel like, you know, in, in secular space, spaces and in, you know, religious spaces, spaces as well. So I think something important that you pointed out was that you're doing well. And not only doing well, you're excelling in it, but you don't have that positive reinforcement and that creates discouragement in you and it creates a lack of confidence in you. And that's that's really like an interesting part, like to hear that you're number one or you're doing great or you're the best. There, I've seen a lot of times where somebody feels like you already know this about yourself, so I don't got to tell you. And it's sometimes you just need to hear that. You know what I mean? You already know that you're X, Y, and Z. You know, already know you sing good. You already know you preach well. Every time you get up in ministers, like you already know that, like, you know, whenever you prophesy or whatever you do, whatever your ministry is, or maybe it's not ministry when you cook, like we love it. You already know that. So we don't got to like, everybody just wants to feel appreciated one. And two, well, I, I should say this, the humble spirit in a lot of us doesn't make us recognize our greatness sometimes. And the greatness is Christ. Don't get me wrong. The greatness is not us. It's definitely Christ. But we don't recognize that greatness is w- within us because we always try to be so humble. And I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Because of that, we don't see how good we are. And so just having that reinforcement. So I'll say this, churches or whoever's listening, if there is somebody that you know is doing really well, don't feel like you need to hold back from encouraging that person and letting them know that they're doing really well or like supporting that person because they need that. But anyway, my next question is, is there a difference between compliments and encouragement? Yes. I think uh, compliments are more so like they're not pertaining to something that, you know, you're aspiring or like you're trying to work on. Whereas encouragement is a place where, you know, When I receive encouragement, I'm getting feedback on something that I'm working on and something that I'm really, you know, trying to progress and improve in versus just a compliment. A compliment is like, oh, that's a nice skirt. Like, oh, thanks. You know, it's like something that you wouldn't even you're not even. Well, let me see. It depends. (laughs) If you're someone who's into fashion and someone compliments like Mike, you know, like, oh, that's a nice suit. Like, that's like that can be both a compliment or encouragement, you know, to keep doing what you're doing, keep designing how you're designing, or I don't know. But I think there is a slight difference. Yeah, I agree. There is a slight difference. I think compliments come more for the from the mind, where encouragement usually comes more from the heart. Um, and for me, when I think about somebody complimenting me, sometimes compliments can have a hidden agenda behind them. Um, because you can compliment someone, but it can be disgenuine and you never know it. Um, 
And so you cannot be fully invested in who I am and what I have going on and compliment me. You know, whereas with encouragement, I feel like you have to be, you know, invested in what I have going on. I think it takes someone that's selfless or not selfish to be able to encourage someone, you know, for me to, you know, take time and see your vision and see your the potential in your vision and take myself out of it. Like, I see what it's doing for you. I see, you know, where this could take you, whatever. And I just want to encourage you to keep going. Uh, you're doing well. I think that, you know, if you could do this over here, you're going to be fine. It takes that coming from the heart. It takes someone that really cares for you, someone that really sees you, sees the growth in you, sees potential in you to encourage you. Whereas in a compliment, I could be passing by a stranger and I compliment their hair or I compliment their shoes and things like that. Like it's a, it's, it's just one of those things. But for me to encourage you, I'm, I'm somewhat taking a, a investment in what you're doing and saying, you know what? I see the value in what you're doing. I see the value in what you're building. You know, let me, you know, let me just get drop this in your spirit. Let me just drop this tidbit to you to keep you, to give you some more fuel and continue to um, help you press towards the mark that you're trying to get to. So Mike, in your view, one is better than the other? I think it is. Um, with, because even with encouragement, you could be in a, with, with a compliment, like I said, it could be, you know, oh, oh, nice glasses, Ron. And, you know, you don't know whether that was shade or whether it was for real. But um, with <laughs> with a, um, but with an encouragement, you know, that's, uh, for me, it's going to be more so like, even if, which I love your glasses, by the way, but even if it was something where, I don't know if those glasses fit your face, Ron. I think that your face, because you have a beautiful round face, I think something more of a round shape would work really well, like in a brown color for you, really bring out your eyes. And I think with the way that you style your hair, you know, I don't know if those are for, they're not really bringing out your true beauty in you. Um, That's more of encouragement to me more so than, you know, oh, oh yeah, I like your glasses, you know? So I think encouragement is better than compliment. My tongue got encouraged. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> by somebody <laughs> from the heart, Mike. Ooh, yeah, he got encouraged to do something crazy. All the, every Sunday. His little minions <laughs> encouraged him to do something crazy. So and he got compliments. Got dealt with. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think compliments are praise for what you do. And encouragement is challenged for who you could be. Mm, I love and that. like that's what I said. I ain't say it all eloquently like that. Yeah, so. yeah. No, he got challenged for what he could be, and he did Stop. that. Go ahead. Like, Go ahead. No, but like, cause I was thinking about this earlier, and like everybody has their like niche, they have their thing. And so when I was younger, like you know, I was the kid with the good grades, and that was my thing. And the the church recognized that, and they like you know. I was the speaker when we had Sunday school and we had to do our presentations. Like I got chosen for things like that. It's funny because when I started realizing that, oh, I'm actually kind of good at this. I started getting compliments from people. You know, you get your little, your rowdies, your groupies or whatever. <laughs> people see you taking off in a certain way. I'm, I'm going somewhere here. Stay with me. I'm not trying to boast myself. But anyway, and then like the compliments started looking more like bandwagon. Like I already see you're doing great. So let me come up to you and say, oh my gosh, you did amazing today. Mike, you sang so beautifully. It rocked the house. Clap. Like, 
you worked that camera for that your ministry so well. I saw that left camera, sis. Are you the left camera or the right camera? I'm all the cameras. Oh, okay. Oh, she all <laughs> the cameras. It don't matter. <laughs> but you, you got that. You you got you turned that camera right when we needed to see it. We caught the Holy Ghost just by looking at that camera. People started doing those things, but then there were people who actually invested in me. And instead of just giving compliments, it was like, you're deciding to do this. Let me invest. What do you need for your next trip? What are you doing for this? What are you doing for that? Are you sure you want to do that? What about this? You know, like, and those type of people, those type of investments is a lot better than just getting people who just come up to you and say, oh, you, you look great today. It also got me thinking about how compliments kind of pigeonhole people into a specific role. Whereas encouragement a lot of times pushes us outside of our comfort zone. I feel like we need to do more encouraging and complimenting only because we don't fully know what somebody's capable of. On that same vein, everybody was complimenting me or jumping on the bad wagon of Deronda, your intellect, blah, 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 blah. But then there were people who would be like, actually, girl, you can kind of sing a little bit. And I was like, I can't sing. Like, I've never been, we have a church who, that everybody sings and I'm just the choir person. And there was somebody who was like, um, you need to be on praise team. And that's just like, I still don't see singing as my gift. I don't, but like, there's, there's things that you can be used for that you never even think that you can until somebody gives you a chance or they see that in you. I don't know if y'all had an instance of that where like, maybe there's something that you didn't even th- expect that you would actually be decent at. And then somebody saw that and you was like, hey, I want you to come for it. No, I said, yeah. I have to say where, what I'm doing now, like even with like, because I'm over the youth. Um, so it's kind of like, it's just like random stuff. Like you just don't expect to be put in certain like roles and it's like basically at my church we call it the stretch like they're stretching you and that's what like I think encouragement falls within maturity it equals maturity leads to maturity versus compliments they lead to boastfulness and pride it's like I don't know but it can't yeah, no it does because it's like you know you get so used to hearing the same thing over and over again it's like okay yeah, yeah I am good at this and it's just like okay and that's all you're good for whereas like you know that that encouragement as for me like me being someone growing up never talking never speaking in front of church people never never like talking in front of people or being just in front of the forefront um it's just like all right well you're going to do this and now that you're a youth leader then we're going to have to have you lead they told me that they're going to have me do like um the offering or giving message or whatever one day or like the pre-show for church like I don't want to do that. Like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, and coming from like, you know, a small church into like this big old, like, nah, like, what do you, I'm about to do what? But, you know, it's just a stretch because it's going to help. It helps me get out of me and like, you know, stop thinking about yourself. Stop thinking about what other people may have to say and just allow God to speak, allow God to move, allow God to help this be a stepping tool stool to whatever he wants you to do, you know, or wherever he wants you to be or wherever he's guiding you. Oh, I love that. My story similar to clap. Um, like recently where I was asked to take this position at church as, you know, the young adult leader, I've never done anything like that before in my life. You know, I've never, you know, I've always been the background person in the choir or the background person on the praise team, whatever, but to be able for somebody to say, hey, would you like to, you know, be over the young adults? It's almost like somebody, you know, goes back to somebody seeing 
potential there for you to do something great. Like I don't know what I said. I don't know what triggered them for them to ask me or help me realize like what you know it was that um that would make me that would make them want to ask like or or ask me to do it. But um I really, you know, took it and I, you know, said and and I still feel like I, you know, I've never done this before. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. But to be able to see people saying, you know, this is something that we needed. This is something that was, you know, needed. We needed, you know, some fresh ideas and things of that nature. It makes you feel a little bit better about your roles and responsibilities, uh, even in the kingdom, whatever. And it's not to be taken arrogantly. But to me, I do take that as encouragement to say, you know what, like, let me continue to move forward. How can I help grow? How can I help, you know, uh, push the kingdom agenda forward, and you know what can I do to you know make sure I'm I'm doing my part, and I feel a little bit encouraged to go on a little further. So I love the concept that Clap said about being stretched, mm-hmm. going beyond what you're known to do or what's typical, and just like testing, just trying, just stepping out on faith a little bit, stretching out. And like somebody pushing you to do that. And it's funny because I was writing up, I wrote in a group chat about Encanto and this is a stretch too, but like, I was thinking about it and you know, like everybody had their like special gift in that movie. Hopefully everybody had a chance to see that Disney movie. If not, so spoiler alerts, but everybody had their thing. And like it got to the end, and what really stuck with me was Dolores, right? So Dolores, she could hear everything that everybody said, and like she was such a she was such a good person in that role because she held it all together, like she was perfect. But um, at the end, when the guy that she really liked um, talked to Dolores, she said, "I see you." Dolores has always been the listener. She's the that was her. That was what she was known for. Everybody expected her to be the person who could hear beyond, like, and to know that, like, I see you. I see beyond just your listening ability, but I see you as a person. I see you what you're trying to do. I I see you for just yourself. You know, like those type of things where it's kind of like I'm not my gift, I'm not my talent, or the thing that y'all specifically see see in me. But I can be so much more than that, and like stretch me. Like, I think that's, I mean, sometimes people just want that. Like, yeah, I might be good at this, but stretch me, try me, challenge me. Church life and work life, everything gets boring if we just constantly do the same thing. And, you know, yeah, there's some experts and whatever, but it's good to be stretched. So anyway, should church folks take compliments? So the Bible talks about sweet lips and flattery and how evil it is. Should church folks take compliments? I think they can. I mean, God will reveal like the heart of that person, like if it's genuine compliments or not. Because I think compliments can be genuine as well. Like you just got to be careful, like who's trying to be like lofty with it. Like, but I think we can receive compliments. Like I compliment people all the time, like especially like if I see you know if they look nice or if they just look you know or they doing something that's I don't know see it's a blurred line for me because then that's like encouragement sort of if I see like oh you did a preached a really good sermon or you know that really that lies as a compliment Mike I see he he getting ready repeat your question one more time should the saints take compliments should we take compliments yeah I mean I think can you take a compliment Mike yeah, I think, but see, here's the thing. Here's the With thing. With a grain of salt. 
here's the thing. You 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 I remember being taught in church heavy Sunday school growing up. Ever someone tells you, oh y'all, y'all sang really well today, it's to God be the glory. You know, and I remember being taught that because you don't want to take take glory upon yourself or take the credit for something that God has done. So I think it had you have to be careful. But I don't think it's anything wrong with saying taking compliments. Oh, you know, you you taught Sunday school really well today, Ron. You know, you know, because I, I think sometimes it's a it's a very it's a blurred line because you know you start saying, well, thank you. Well, well, thank. It's it's all in our attitude and how we take those compliments, um, and how we process those compliments. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a compliment, but even at church, you know, someone will compliment me. I bet to God in glory. You know, like. Because I don't want to, to take credit for something he's done well, you know, within me. So, uh, which anything the Lord does with us, he does it well. But I don't want to, you know, take that as if I did that myself or as if I, you know, accomplished that on my own. So I think it has to be, you know, in a secular space or in just in a general space. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Oh, love that T-shirt you got on. Thank you, bro. Thank you, sis. But in church, you know, somebody, you know, oh, you, you know, did you led that song really well to God be the glory? Because that wasn't me. That was, you know, that was the Lord. So. Not when it comes to the song, it's to God be the glory. But when somebody right. compliments you your shirt, I can't even to God be the glory. I like your suit. <laughs> God be the glory. <laughs> There's a lot of words that we just use in vain. And I feel like to God be to glory can just be used in vain. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, because it it's about heart posture, right? It's not necessarily about what you say. So like, regardless mm-hmm. of whether you say thank you or to God be the glory, like it's about how you receive that, right? So if you take the compliment and say, yeah, I'm the best, like then you don't got the right spirit. But if you take the compliment, right. you like, people can read that you're humble. You know, if you take the compliment and yeah. be like, no, like, I appreciate that. Like, whatever. We know God's still working through you. I'm sorry, but if it's a church thing, like, I know it's not you up there. To God be the glory. Like, whatever. I hate, no, sometimes, yeah. They get all all pharisaical, and it's like, that's not even a word, but it's just, you feeding into that little... Their little religious ego. Yeah. The false humility. I hate false humility. I hate it with the passion. And like, I appreciate, I do. Uh, I appreciate the sentiment a lot. I appreciate the word a lot, but we know it's Jesus. You done testified it's Jesus. We all here for Jesus. So. We all here for Jesus. We know what it's about. We know it's not you. We annoy you. Gifts come without repentance. That's, that's period. That's on period. If the Bible can tell us that, then okay. Like you might not be giving the glory to God and you can still have a gift. And people do that. And they say, thank you. So take and they in the church. <laughs> God, to God be the glory. I'm dead. God be the glory. <laughs> but nah, okay, moving on from that. Sorry. Rant. I just rants. No, it is a rant. But also, I just feel like everybody generally is just bad at taking compliments, but it's really bad with the saints. It's awkward for me. I ain't gonna hold you. It's kind of awkward for me to get compliments. Yeah, right. like it's like, what do I do? What do I say? What is this about? Yeah. Right. Why are you talking to me? I mean, not like that, but it's like, why are you telling me this? You kept it to yourself. Right. Like, nah. <laughs> But I gotta get delivered. So when people compliment me, it's just weird. I guess my thing is I don't want it to interfere with people's confidence. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. It's okay. Like it's okay for you to be godly confident. It's okay for you to 
feel strong in what God gave you, it's okay for you to rest in that. When we feel like we can't take the compliment, I don't know. Like it'd be feeling like people just, I don't know. I wish I could say more in that. I, I haven't articulated what I wanted to say yet. So but anyway. All right, moving back to what we were talking about. Is the church good at encouraging others? I think it depends. It depends on what they're encouraging them to. But I think we try our best best to do our best. <laughs> I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say we're good at encouraging people to take an offering. Say, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. No, I, I think overall the church does a great job of encouraging um because church is the only space where you can be a horrible singer and they will encourage you, you know. Sing, to, baby. To sing. Sing, baby. Sing. All right, now. That's all right. You know, that's all right. You know, so it think, you know, the church does a great no, job. No, it ain't all right. Of, of encouraging. And sometimes we do do it. In Are we lying? Preemptively. Or we do this. We're overzealous when we... Um, you know, get ready to encourage somebody. You know, somebody be up there preaching a terrible word. All right, that's all right. You, you know, I know that's right. You know, and you know, after, so I think you know we're really good about encouraging because we we don't take it. Don't want it to be said that we, you know, did not weren't, you know, that we did not try to push the person, whatever. Um, so they're good in that regard. But there's that gray area. Mm-hmm. What's the gray? There is that gray area, and I think like when it comes down to things that really like could make or break, uh, I, I, and I'm at a place where I don't know how to put this. Use them, Jesus. Where we fail at encouraging people is the things that really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, things that where you know we don't encourage, like especially people that are young people, whatever. Like we we don't encourage young people when they get saved to you know to seek God for their gifts and their callings and their purpose, whatever. And I don't, I don't understand why that is, because if you know, like I know, you know that the nucleus of our church, there is no longer a church of tomorrow. There's a church of today. And then I'm not trying to get off subject here. I'm getting on a, on another soapbox. No, this is good. Greatest job of encouraging the young, encouraging those that are freshly saved or encouraging our, our young people to want to seek the things of God, whatever. We put our young people in the background. We put them, you know, in a place. We don't give them the, the tools they need in order. And we and then we, we scratch our heads and wonder why they're gone. And they go other places that will encourage their gifts and encourage their callings and encourage their purposes. And so I think that's where it gets a little bit gray for churches of us doing a great job of encouraging. I'm not saying encourage them if they, you know, if they're operating without the spirit of God. Well, I'm not saying, you know, encourage them, you know, they're out in sin and it, you know, but I, what I am saying is you seeing someone to make an effort, you know, to get behind your vision or get behind what you have going on, but you don't encourage them to pursue their purpose in, in ministry or pursue their purpose in what God has given them. And then you have no church to carry on your vision once you're gone, you know, or, or for anybody to come behind you. So I think that's where we kind of fail at. And I don't know, I don't think it's a purposeful thing. I think it's an out of sight, out of mind thing. You know, we're not necessarily forward thinking. We're in always caught up in the moment. You know, we're always so caught up in the moment. Then when it's time to pass the baton, there's nobody standing there for us to pass the baton to. You know, because we did not take the time to cultivate what we had there, and now it's too late. 
I definitely agree. I think you said something really profound when you said that we don't encourage people in the spiritual realm. And it starts from when we get the Holy Ghost. And I was talking to my cousin about this. It's kind of like we get the Holy Ghost and then that's it. And there's no instructions. There's no help. There's no nothing. I think we talked about this too. Yeah, we did. And I think that's one of the reasons why even, even at my church now, I think the emphasis on that stuff has like exploded, especially in the youth. Like, like y'all said, like they don't teach you how to pray. They'll put a mic in in your hand in a minute to sing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what about, you know, having the children learn how to pray, learn how to go before God, learn how to, like y'all said, seek God and learn the spiritual things and learning how to stretch yourself and exercise in those spiritual areas. Because like, like Mike said, the church is falling away because we're not doing that. And we're right. just not really cultivating that atmosphere of um, building a, a spiritual relationship and understanding the Holy Ghost and what it is. No, and I think it, this breathes another important conversation. This is probably for a later podcast, but this breathes the conversation about spiritual mentors and mentorship within the church. You know, and I know that's something that I lack. You know, mm-hmm. I'll be where honest. I guess the where is they're not there. I'm not gonna say they're not there, but I just think that there's not a lot of that. You know, whereas in you know, and and it go kind of ties into encouragement because I think if you there was a sense of mentorship, and I was saying this even about my secular job as well. And I'm not even I'm not talking about necessarily my church that I'm at now. I'm just talking about at a general in a in a broad scope of things. There's not a lot of spiritual, you know, mentorship. I'm not talking about somebody in my business. I'm not talking about somebody, you know, constantly trying to check on my, but somebody that's concerned and that can encourage me to say, you know what, you got this, you know, if I were you, you know, I've been down this road before. This is how I would shape this to get this result. This is how I would manage this to get this result. But there's not a lot of that going on. So therefore, you know, when you don't have that kind of mentorship there is, you know, it's kind of hard to find that encouragement. And I think that's why it's so ever important now that, you know, I, I talk about David all the time about how he encouraged his own self in the Lord. And sometimes you have to encourage your own self in the Lord and to keep going. And the way we do that now that, you know, that we're in, in a 21st century, we have to stay in the word. We have to, you know, stay prayerful. We have to continue to, and not only even outside of a spiritual thing, but continue to pour into our own selves, you know, pour into our own selves and making sure that we are not operating from a place of emptiness, that we are not operating from an empty cup and what we're being poured back into. And so, you know, and I think if we do those things, we will be all right until we can find you know, spiritual mentorship and, and or find, you know, encouragement because everything that you do with your walk with Christ, nobody's going to always be there to pat you on the back. <laughs> you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've found that out the hard way. Nobody's going to always be there to pat you on the right. back. Then you have folks in your corner. You're going to always have people, naysayers, people that's waiting for you to fall, people that's waiting for it all to come crumbling down. You always got folks that's just waiting right there for you to just make the wrong turn. And they're sitting right there so they can get their position next so they can say, I see, huh? I told you wrong, I'm going to do nothing. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? See, uh, I told you so. And so a lot of times, you know, we have to make sure 
you know, that we are encouraging our own selves in the Lord to continue to, you know, strive to, for perfection. Sometimes you don't need encouragement from everybody. Sometimes people mean well. And I use this example, and I'm going to shut up in just a couple seconds, but I use this example on Instagram a couple of years ago. I mean, sometimes people will unintentionally give you toxic advice or will unintentionally, you know, discourage you. Um, a lot of times they think it's encouragement, but it's, it's discouraged. Just same thing is I use this analogy where, you know, sometimes you go to a restaurant and you order sweet tea, but they give you unsweet tea. Or you go to a restaurant, you order Sprite, they give you water and you taste it and it's, it's bitter. Sometimes because people are coming from a place of bitterness and coming from a place of, you know, being disgruntled and stuff. Whereas in you, you think we're getting, you're getting encouragement, you're getting toxic pieces because they didn't heal from their last bad experience. And so they're trying to encourage you, but it's discouragement wrapped in encouragement. And so we have to sometimes even be careful with who we take encouragement from. It's, it's all right to say, all right, God bless you. But not to take that because sometimes people will discourage you right out of your gift. You be careful now because see, when I was doing it, when I see when I was doing it, when I was your AC, they didn't want me. And, and see, girl, you know, you are there teaching Sunday school, but you need to be careful because God knows what they'll do in the Sunday school. Sometimes you got to say, OK, well, God bless you, you know, I, I you know, and, and keep it pushing. So I don't know why I said that, but hopefully it'll help somebody out tonight. And I was going to add, like, the same way I work, when I wasn't getting the feedback I needed and I wasn't being encouraged like I needed to, I had to tell them. Like, sometimes you got to tell people what you need. We've been talking recently, me and my um, family, about, like, having a relationship with our leadership. What a good leader looks like. We, we had an episode about it, but being able to communicate with your leader and talk to your leader, it's okay to ask for, for somebody to be that guide for you. Or can you encourage me in that way? If you see somebody that you're like, that you look up to anyway, like go up to them. That's where we are right now is that we have in encouraging ourselves. We have to tell people how to encourage us or that we need to be encouraged. And it's annoying that we got to speak up in that way. But sometimes you just got to do it. You got to suck it up and just do it. I don't understand this about myself. Or can you help pray for me about it? Or like, how did you go through it? Like, sometimes we just got to reach out and ask for that encouragement. And in that, we encourage ourselves. I agree with that. Anything else on encouragement or compliments? Any final remarks? Stay encouraged. Encourage yourself in the Lord. No matter what's going on. Yes, be encouraged no matter what's going on. Amen. All right, music ministry. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Um, it's time for the music portion, the music ministry of our show. This is the part of the show where we delve into some things that we've been listening to, that we've been, that's been blessing our spirits. Um, earlier in the show, we had um, the segment, In the Word of God, Got a Hiding Place. So we're going to get into some music that has really blessed our souls. Um, so we're going to start with Sister Ron, our host. What has been blessing your spirit this week? Why you go to Sister Ron? Why you know I'm not you never How you know not? <laughs> um, This song was played at the, was sang at the conference and it really encouraged me. Vincent Bohannon, I believe God. <laughs> um, Took mine.
Yes. Um, yes. I do believe Damn. God. He promised and he's going to do what he said. Um, I've been on some 90s gospel. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I've been listening to the Wild Gospel 1999, 1998 oh, wow. albums. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know why I'm there, but um, so I didn't realize this was a big CC Winer song, but I'm gonna play it. It's well, all right. I don't know if y'all remember this. I remember that bumping in 1999. Oh, the last song. Sorry. Um, Abundantly Blessed by Dr. Ed Montgomery in The Abundant Life. We used to sing that song a lot at my church and um, when I was growing up, and it was so good. So, yeah. Glory to God. You took it back. That CC Winding song take me back to the That's 90s, so- early 2000s. Going to the mall on Saturday evenings, being in the car, listening to 102.9. That was a gospel station in Greenville at the time. Uh, just being the, going to the mall, listening to that. And that was one of the songs they used to bump on the radio. Uh, so that really took me back. And then uh, Bundly Blessed. That just took me back as well. Um, just listening to the radio, the early 2000s, when FM radio in cars was a thing. Mm. Sister Clap, what you got for us tonight? We got two songs. So uh, this this song is really helping me right now. Hopefully, I know. So I was listening to that and um I was also listening to um the Pay Sisters yes. High Praise. So yes, it just made me think about just the goodness of Jesus throughout the week and just giving him a high praise, not for what he's done, but because of his love and kindness and the love he's shown us first. All right, I'm done. <laughs> oh yeah, you can change by Ty Trippet. You can change. Yeah. <laughs> the change is right here and now. That's a like Kimberell song. That's a ministry it? song. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you don't. You ain't got smoke that weed. That weed. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why do they make that? <laughs> I don't know. You don't have to sell your body. It's the truth. No more. 
They were going through and they were What did they don't want to change? What did they do? That's what happens. They were telling the truth back in the 2000s. So if you Mm -hmm. come on, get delivered back then and now. Look like this song called Forever by Sean Big B, written by Sam Roberts. Actually, no, I'm sorry, it's by Sean McDuffie and Kingdom Sound, featuring Sean Biggie. Big B, here we go. Second song, hopefully you guys can hear this, is called Make Room, Making Room by Ricky Dillis off his latest album, Breakthrough, The Exodus. Ricky Diller, New G, uh, off the latest album, Breakthrough the Exodus. Um, Mike, can I ask you a question? Do you like that uh, album? It felt rushed. Um, it felt it's not rushed. rooftop. It's album. not rooftop. It's not rooftop. It's not 10. Right. Um, this one, I because usually with a Ricky, I, and I love Ricky Diller to death. He's one of my favorite artists. But this album um, definitely felt a little rushed for me. Um, and when he dropped the singles, I just knew I was like, "Oh, we about to, yeah, about to jam." You know, he came out with um, "All What's of My Help." Yeah, the Sopranos uh, and that. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, but when I got heard the album, I was very underwhelmed. Underwhelmed. It's, it's not a bad album. It's good, but it's just not any of his other music. But I think, um, and for what I understand, like with the record label they're on. They have to record three, one more live album. So they had to do three live albums within a certain period of time. So this one definitely felt rushed. And it might have been because, you know, trying to rehearse in pandemic, and get songs and stuff. It did feel a little bit more. Um, but, you know, Ricky's records exceed um, this. I know, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure the next one will be a, a little bit more of a, but for me, this one just did not hit what I, where I thought it would. So it was a C. It was- yeah, it was definitely a C. Um, but yeah, our hymn of the of the night is that what was our hymn hymn of the week. Sorry, or hymn of the month at this point. Uh, <laughs> oh, baby, <laughs> I'm tired. Well, it's, we all tired. Okay, listen, it's, listen, it's, it's not you. It's us. Uh, ironically, it's going to be to God be the glory. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. Who yielded his life in atonement for sin and opened his life, the life gate that all may go in. The chorus is praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. 
Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son. You know us oneness people, you know what we believe. Give him the glory, great things he has done. Oh, yes. Um, and this resonates with me growing up in a small church organization. They sung this on every Sunday morning at our holy convocation. They will do the processional on this. Back to you, Sister Ron. Amen, amen. Do we have any closing remarks, praise reports, prayer requests? I did get a free. Um, I did get a free eye exam. Oh, praise God! Amen. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, because we all know them things can be expensive at times. They can. Yes. Well, look at God seeing seeing you through. Yes, and he knew I ain't had the money. I just went in faith. I was like, I need a new Jesus. contact. I had one contact lens walking around. If y'all ever know how that feels, uh, it's annoying. So I was like, let me hurry and get a quick. I was out of town too. Let me get a quick eye exam. Went through, got an eye exam, got some free contact, not free contact, but two. You know, they give you a little trial pay. I was like, I'll just take you, the, oh God, little afraid. samples. I'll take the samples, and then I was like, well, where do I pay? Yes, I was like, well, where do I pay? So I was like, he was like, oh, he's like, I can yes, so just go. And I was like, God the glory, I hallelujah. Like, I was like, come on, computers, there. You'll always get the glory. So I just was like, thank you, Lord. Because <laughs> I ain't have it, Lord. I ain't know where the money was coming from. But trust, trust in, in the Lord. Him, him only. Yes, you can depend God specializes in the impossible. Amen. Amen. The miracles. I was like, yes, because all my money was went to my bills. Y'all know how that is. I ain't budget for that right now. Getting out his benefits. Come on. One pastor, one minister was like, well, we got to pray for God's blessings. Yes, like, we pray for everything else, but ask for his blessings. The blessings of the Lord make it rich and add of no what? Sorrow. Add of no sorrow to it. Come on, I got free eye exam, so you can get one too. Say, I don't know. I'm done with my testimony. <laughs> no, I like on, that. Just get to the point. Right, but y'all know the head of my life for me. Yeah. <laughs> God bless <laughs> the family. No, <laughs> no, I ain't mean to say that one. I ain't mean to do that. I meant to say the other one. I've been to see the other oh, way. I ain't got I no money. That's what I've been to see. <laughs> oh, no, but I got an axe. Ron said she's going to sing that at her church. <laughs> I'll get that right now. <laughs> All right. Sorry, y'all. Made a little watch. Made a little watch. Between me and D. Between me and D. Between me and D. While we're absent. While we're absent. While we're absent. One from another. One from another. One from another. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 See, it's a problem now. Y'all love somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> love everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. If this, uh, just cut that out. Happy <laughs> <laughs> single awareness day. Amen. And if you're messing, if you're messing with a married man. Ooh. We find that spirit right now. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Ooh. Now, Jesus that's no time out. Day. You're going to get it on the 15th. Ooh. Mm. Sis, you got to remember there's only one, 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 one way to God. Mm. <laughs> you need to be by yourself <laughs> as a one. Or one brothers, way. if you mess up with a married woman, Ooh. same applies to you. Yep, same applies to you. Same applies to you. Hey, amen. You have deliverance for you. Yes. Stay saved on Valentine's Day. us tonight. They said run. Didn't that message say run? Run. Some of y'all need to act like Joseph with Potiphar's wife. Yeah, get out of there. 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 Get
All right, we all they like what's wrong? All right, <laughs> all right y'all. We had to come back for some breaking news. Bishop Noel Jones is finally getting married to longtime partner Loretta. <laughs> Bishop Noel Jones is finally getting married to his longtime girlfriend Loretta. The pastor recently popped a big question to his fiance. Well, now fiance. After dating for almost two decades, the couple is ready to move things forward. On his 72-year-old birthday, L.A. pastor announced on stage in front of a live audience, I'm telling you today that I'm going to get married. He then invited his lady love, Loretta Jones, on stage to join him as he announced (laughs) the couple's decision. The bishop goes on to say, I thought about it and should, I thought about it, should I give up my freedom coat for a stray jacket? Is that what marriage is? Anyway, um, he continued, I thought about it. Should I, at my age, get married? Did in the twelve-minute video clip that was uploaded. Allegedly, he dated actress uh, Lisa Ray McCoy, who was linked to the Real Housewives of Atlanta star Nene Leakes. Uh, the rumors of his alleged relationship with Lisa began swirling around 2011, but it all circled back to this very moment. What are you guys' thoughts? Please don't bring people on stage to embarrass them. She was embarrassed. I got to add this last part. I got to add this last part. The pastor was previously married to a woman named Ruth Jones. The couple had was married for over 20 years and they shared three children. Go ahead. Oh, it's a remarriage. That's interesting. But also still, why would you bring me up on stage to embarrass me and talk about should I get rid of my freedom or should I be with you? After we've been together for two decades, 28 years, this man is 72 years old. What was he doing? Tell me some straight jacket. What were you doing? I don't know what that was about, but let's not do it to the sisters. I like, but okay, I'm done. What were you Let doing? this what be a learning doing? lesson to you sisters out there. Let this be a learning lesson. Please, please, ma'am, don't be Loretta Jones. Don't be Loretta Jones. That man know what he's gonna make. It don't take no man four or five years, let alone 20, 30 years to figure out he's gonna marry you. Because now, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I like Bishop Noel Jones, but here's the thing. You mean to tell me you waited till you were 72 years old, you dried up, there ain't much you're going to do, and decided you want to settle down. You've already been, you already been used yourself up. Ain't much you can You've already do. been used up. Used ain't up. no more lead in that pencil like that. And now you want... Ain't no more. <laughs> Definitely. <And> now... <laughs> You know, it's time for you to settle down. Basically, he want a nurse. That's what you signed up to be. So yeah, I can't go. <laughs> he said straight jacket. And he yeah, basically wants you to be his caregiver. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Basically, he says, "Sis," he says, "Either you know, should he be giving up his ability to come and go when he want to, and are you really, really worth?" This is, it goes back to knowing your worth and know your yeah. worth before Valentine's Day, sisters. Before Valentine's Day. To, to know your worth. Is it are you worth him giving up his freedom, giving up when he come and go? Or, you know, will he have to be bound to you? That's that's what it is. It was no, I love this lady. You know, there was no, you know, from the bottom of my heart, this is something I wanted yeah. to do. That was none of that. Because if he really felt like that, he would have done that uh 20 years ago. At least he would have said that. 
Why you say straight jacket? Yeah, just, just put some that. love like, in you it. Like, oh, I'm about to do this because I'm tired of you asking me. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Well, anyway, best of luck to you, sis. Um, Sometimes it's better to be single. I'm just going to put that out there. It is. It is. It's and, better. And I'm sorry. Like, you... you as, I might not listen know. to the Lord. I'm not feeling God in this. I ain't either. Um, well, God, I don't feel like God was in this. You know, God was in this. God like would let you be having you're a girlfriend. You're not gonna tell years. me. I'm sorry. I, I'm gonna say it. And I might get in trouble for saying this, but you're not gonna tell me y'all was together 28 years, and the you didn't get any milk from the cow. You know, you're not gonna tell me that. So people are in relationships so long. Why take 10 years for you to now propose? A and, and this is what I, I told a young lady at my job this. You know, I told her this and I told her with the love of Christ. I, I encouraged her. I said, sis, I said, in so many words, you sitting up here, y'all, y'all already, you already doing wife things for somebody that ain't your husband. Why, why would he marry you? You already washing my clothes. You already fixing my dinner. You already doing, you know, uh, 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 wife things to me. You know what I mean? Late night. Late nights. We sharing the same bed. Why would I need to marry? What incentive do I have for 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 marrying you? Why why is he gonna gonna marry you? You know why is he gonna try to be? Why is there gonna be a sense of urgency to marry you? Because I I don't doubt there's love there. There's, there's he love her. But why is there going to be a sense of urgency to marry? And not that you married before those things, but, you know, a lot of times, because a lot of these men see that for what it is, what is sin of it? Is it so, you know, let's not let's not go down this road. Know your worth. Know your value. You know, don't let nobody string you along for 20, 30 years. And now y'all get married. And the only thing y'all will be able to do is eat at K&W on Wednesdays on Senior Citizen Day. Oh, not K&W. Yes, and y'all can keep that cafeteria food. Go, you know, go to the beach and put your feet in the water, you know, because the fire pretty much gone out of y'all, both y'all bosoms. <laughs> anyway, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. God didn't get no glory out of that. My bishop used to say, he used to quote that scripture, Why die before that time, sis? Get out. You should have got out 28 years ago. 28 years. Now she y'all first lady. Mm. After being a side chick for it's like, but that's what I'm, yeah, for twenty eight years. Twenty eight years. Side oh. chick life. That's that side chick life. We want no parts. Run, sister. Run. Run, brother. Run. Run for your life. Run. Oh, and that concludes our after service. <laughs> I'm dead. My life was church and all it. I'm a pew baby.